This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Not everything metal was created equal. What an ugly thing to say. The Metal Sucks Podcast. Shiggity Chuck and Godless attempt to bring order to chaos or just make stupid jokes about dumb people. Stupid. A person below normal intelligence. This is the Metal Sucks Podcast. Greetings and salutations, my fine metal friends. Welcome to another edition of the Metal Sucks Podcast. How the hell are you doing? I am Chuck. I am godless. And this is your weekly examination of all things metal, the Metal Sucks Podcast. Uh, make sure that you are subscribed to us all over the place. iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you get your damn podcast. Make sure that you are subscribed to us. That way it comes right to your device and you can get it. Or, uh, like this week, of course, we, we had a little bit of delay, a little problem with our email. My problem. Uh, it was actually a tech problem, which was kind of strange. But if you were subscribed to our Patreon, you got it on Saturday before everybody else did. So you got to hear our interview with Richard Patrick like way early compared to everybody else. Yeah, I, hope so. everybody got, I hope everybody listened to it on Tuesday when, when it actually came through. I might have messed with some people's schedules, but it's all good. So make sure that you uh, you know check out our Patreon.com slash Chuck and Godless or ChuckandGodless.com. You can find us there. Also on social media, I'm at Bearded Ape. I am at Godless Speaks and Godless Speaks on Facebook. So you get us there or Instagram at Chuck and Godless on Instagram. So hook up with us somewhere, some way, somehow. This week and we've got... Oh, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> this week we got one hell of a guest. We got Uncle Al in for Surgical Meth Machine, his new project, which is kind of, um, it, it's sort of ministry-esque, but then uh, not so much. I thought so. I thought it had a lot of that feel to it, but definitely different than, than ministry, though. If he'd called it a ministry album, I wouldn't have flinched. Yeah, actually, I would agree with that. I would agree with that. Now, yeah. some, of the, some of the lighter stuff, on the other hand, you know, it's a... Uh, it could be something a little bit different, but yeah, I think it would fit into the ministry catalog. I think it definitely fits into Uncle Al, no matter what. So we get to talk to him about uh, about where this kind of fits into his canon. Uh, you know, we tried to get a little bit, you know, in depth with him, but you know, he's a pro. <laughs> he's a pro, man. Uh, he's got he's got freaking armor, man. There's there's no way he's, uh, getting getting through. So, but but no, it's a good interview with uh, with Uncle Owl here. A new one from Surgical Math Machine. Also a new one uh, from Death Angel in the show as well from the uh, new oh, Evil Divide record. Oh my God, the new record is is really really good. I I was you heard the whole thing, dude. It's so I've heard I think three songs, and so far this almost tops the last album. I I don't know how the fuck they did it. I really don't know because the last record was really good, right and and this is this, yeah this is gonna be a banger man cool. so yeah I, I'm, I'm still waiting for the act three reunion tour type thing it's all good <laughs> you know what are you gonna do at some point right seemingly endless time then we gotta talk great thrash album i tell you what then we gotta talk about we gotta talk more about uh crowd etiquette and uh what to do or not to do if you are a singer and you have somebody who is refusing to stage dive at your show <laughs> oh man uh some great video not as uh not you know not as verbal as uh the disturbed video that we had talked about uh previously on this show but uh but this one is a is apparently causing a little bit of controversy that may or may not be warranted. I don't know. We'll have to talk well, about that I'm, toward the I'm end of the lo- show. I'm looking forward to talking about that topic because I think the two of them are very closely related. So uh, you're trying to tie them timing. together. I personally don't think so, but but yeah. I, I, I I mean, I see what you're trying to do. We'll talk about that toward know. the end of the Me show. and all the listeners are sitting at home going, yeah, that's not the first time Chuck's been wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you and that other listener that likes you. Sorry, dude. Your bullshit will get you in trouble now, as it is already in the real world. <laughs> yeah, I kind of wanted to bring this up because, like, all right, so, so you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm between gigs <laughs> at the moment. That's a right? good way to put it, and, yeah. 
And and so like I, I you know I do a bunch of consulting work sometimes and and I don't want to like do the same kind of consulting work that I've always done. So the internet's a wonder, wondrous place. So I just went online. And I'm like looking for jobs that like were kind of like what I want to do, you know. And then I, I when I found a couple things I thought were interesting, I then looked up the resumes of people who do gigs like that. You know, LinkedIn's awesome for stuff like that, right? And so I'm like, okay, cool. I'm just gonna like put in a bunch of this stuff in my resume, right? Because, you know, there's all these like keywords and stuff like that that people really like when they're mm-hmm. searching through resumes. So I just put it all in there and it's all good. Well, like then I get a call like right away from uh, an agency that wants to like book me out for gigs. And and like I do the interview and, and they believe my bullshit. I couldn't <laughs> believe it, right? <laughs> you sit, I'm sitting there the whole time like, like you know, like uh, they're going to ask me some sort of question about this certification or something. Well, now, now this I is not like life-saving shit, right? It's not like you're saying you're like a CPR certified or some shit like that. Where, where you no, say, but I, I, I could probably make a difference. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying, you know, like, like, are there lives on the line where bullshit not, really matters? I'm, I'm not pulling, you know, I'm not trying to fill in for Bill, Ben Carson, you know, yeah, <laughs> like yeah. flying for a, but like, you know, the, the, the money that they're putting out there is like almost twice anything I've ever been paid for, paid before. Right. So <laughs> I'm, I'm totally screwed. So, so I was thinking about how, like, you know, like in, in the, those old 80s sitcoms, you know, like the opening scene is that you bullshit your oh, way yeah, in. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then, you know, the, the, the like, you know, plot point is when, you know, Alex <laughs> in Family Ties basically has to fess up and he tells the truth and everybody's happy and it all works out. Right. But that's bullshit. You know, that's like the kind of bullshit that Bill Cosby wants you to believe, you know, and, you know, you don't want to believe Bill Cosby because you end up like drugged and raped and I'm not interested in that. Right. So the truth is, is the only way to get out of like when you get bullshit puts you into a problem. The best thing to do is to like bullshit your way out of the problem so 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 i'm like totally stressed as i'm like trying to like get these certifications before anybody starts like looking to see whether i got them or not well, no, oh, the, the problem man. is though is that is is that just like any because because your bullshit is another person's lies uh so, so yeah you know so the other thing is you, you've got to be sort of like um careful what you have and have not told the truth about because if you don't like keep track of the bullshit then it's gonna like backfire to the point where you don't know if you said you had that or not or you, yeah. you know did what did you actually put down that you had or didn't have you know like yeah. you have no idea I'm, where you are you need a spreadsheet of all the bullshit you have i'm reading this thing in the, in the uh the waiting room and it's talking about people who put bullshit in their resumes and like in in the in the country of ireland like in 2015 like 10 percent of people's resumes is bullshit but in 2016 they're putting it at more closer to like 13 or 14 percent of resumes and i'm thinking dude i did not make a three percent impact on the entire country of ireland <laughs> that's how much bullshit you're so bullshit. you're so above average that you brought the entire country up you know like that, that's how much yeah i could i honestly i don't know sounds like a lot of bullshit to me the way i look at it is like you know i get into a gig you know if even if i only last six months i'll have made as much as i made the entire last year <laughs> so you know, how bad can that be? Not to mention that then I can claim that I got that experience and I'll be able to get that in the next gig before you know what I know what I'm doing. I mean, that's how I've I've bullshitted my way into everything. You know, I mean, I don't know shit about metal, but well, look where I'm at, you know, <laughs> and we, you know, that's the whole thing. That's what do you think? we? But the, but like I said, a podcast doesn't like hurt anybody or kill anybody or really, you know, I mean, you know what I'm saying? It's like. Uh, if you're affecting somebody else's business, I mean, that's like, you know, that could, that's, that, that could be potentially bad for somebody, right? Uh, see that? No, this is where the bullshit really comes in handy because then I get into the gig and I can bullshit probably enough that they'll make even more than they would if they had somebody who couldn't bullshit. Well, but so, then, then actually at the same time, what happens that if you are bullshitting, then, uh, <laughs> basically, uh, you know, you can just bull- they they can't admit that you aren't bullshitting, so they have to kind of go with your bullshit a- yes, after a exactly. certain point because they've already like sort of relied on the fact that you are bullshitting. So yeah. it's like, well, fuck. Okay, now we can't go back on the not bullshitting because he's bullshitting. So the, yeah, the trick they gotta now go, is they got to buy into it at some point. 
Yeah, their trick now is to like get somebody in power to really like go out on a limb to get me the gig. You know, <laughs> once they do that, like they can't, you know, they can't like, you know, be found out, you know, they're going to help right. me out the entire way. Right, right. Yeah, because yeah, then it's like nobody wants to, oh, shit, what did I do? You know, they can't admit it like freely. <laughs> oh, that'd be bad. But, but what? I'm learning a lot, you know, it's like it's kind of cool because I'm crunching like crazy to get these certifications and like, you know, it turns out that some of these things, you know, some of this info is pretty interesting. It can apply to all sorts of stuff. So, yeah, it's kind of cool. <laughs> and, you know, and, and then at this age, it's like, you know, I've got all sorts of experiences that are like kind of like what they're testing on. So, like, it, I can kind of go, oh, yeah, it's kind of like that one gig I had like 10 years ago. I did this and I did that. Only this time there's names for it and it turns out that, you know, that I should have done it to this kind of percentage and blah 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 you yeah, know remember so that time remember that time that you told me about when you started to bullshit so much that you, you couldn't remember if you were actually bullshitting so you started to believe your own bullshit at some point that's the key man that's I, the key. I, I think you're starting i think you're getting there already with this so i i, I think you're starting because i guess that is the key because then if you believe your own bullshit then you aren't really lying so you have to be able to you have to know you know, yeah. like you have to, you have to believe it or else nobody else will believe you. Yep. 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 Okay. Yeah, that's, that's the key that's, to bullshit. That's okay. to- total key. Yeah. I ought to write a book on that. How to bullshit it. a bullshitter. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. I think, <laughs> but the problem is, is if I can't get a real publisher to publish it, then like, you know, what good is that info? You know, obviously I'm not that good at it. I don't know. But, uh, but that's the whole thing. I think you can bullshit your way into a contract just <laughs> It's the same way. He's like, no, trust me. I've already published like 50 novels. What are you talking about? I'm at this like, uh, uh, you know, symposium or what do you want to call it? Like this presentation yesterday. This guy is like talking about how uh, it's about sponsorships and stuff like that and fundraising. And he's talking about how, yeah, well, for my thing, I, I didn't really do anything. It was just I had some friends and they introduced me some friends. And, and I'm like, oh, you asshole. Like. I don't have friends. I've never had friends. <laughs> That's the whole point. That's why you get friends. <laughs> well, no, I got to bullshit my way into it, you know? So, you know, I, I want people to basically go, well, look, I don't like him, but he says he's really good at what he does. I can deal with that. <laughs> but there's a point. Uh, that's a, okay, that's a problem. This, this is probably a topic for a whole other psychological show. Uh, because, I mean, I, I really think, like, at some point you have to shut the bullshit off. Like, you, like you can't do it 24-7, you know, at least with certain people. Because, you know, if, if everybody recognizes you're a bullshitter, then they're never going to recommend, re- recommend you for anything because they don't know whether or not you're bullshit or not. So, you know, it's like, eh, I don't know. Did you bullshit today? I don't know. See, I, you I, bullshit I picture, tomorrow? My, <laughs> picture my funeral, like a whole bunch of people showing up and nobody has a clue who they're showing up for. It's just another <laughs> piece of bullshit. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll just bullshit our way through it. So it's all good, man. Don't worry about it. Yeah, he was a, he was a man who did things and stuff and people what, loved what him. Be, what would be more interesting to like check out like an alcoholic anonymous like meeting or like a bullshitter anonymous meeting? Can you imagine a bullshitter anonymous meeting? That'd be, be hilarious. Like the, everybody's got like one story that outdoes the next, you know, that'd be so good. That's the problem with the bullshitters is that, but you don't know whether or not they're real. I mean, so that like, that's the problem is like none of it's a, you just had to go into it with a, with a complete grain of salt. You know, it's like, yeah, no, no, but if none it's of this fun, is real. No, it could be fun. I'm not saying I'm not denying that that bullshit isn't fun. But at the same time, though, it's still bullshit, no matter what. Yeah. You know, so. Well, yeah, but you know, bullshit also can be pretty profitable. You got to fake it till you make it. That's yeah. the way I look at it. Yeah, it's very true. Well, speaking of somebody who doesn't bullshit very much, uh, Al Jurgensen. He's one of those guys that uh, kind of gets right to it and uh, and says pretty much what's on his mind why because he didn't give a fuck what you think and that's kind of um why we like uncle al surgical math machine is his new project that he's working on and a uh, new record is about it's self-titled and uh, and kind of kind of awesome i kind of dig that track that they did the video for let's get into our interview with uncle al on the metal sucks podcast Hello, how you doing? Pretty good. How's it going, uh, Al? It's Chuck and Godless from the uh, Metal Sucks Podcast. How you doing, Chuck? Uh, doing good. Doing good, man. Doing great. Well, dude, it's uh, it's great to talk to you, man. It really is. And uh, I wanted to start off talking to you. We I read a recent interview with you, man, and um, 
you said that you have been enjoying touring more. You've been uh, letting go of stuff on stage, and uh, and basically you've got you feel like you have nothing to prove to anybody. And when I read that, I could think of only one thing: that having followed you for so long, did you feel like you ever had to prove stuff to anyone? Yeah, totally. I mean, towards the beginning of my career, uh, I was put in this kind of strange upside down position of of uh, getting signed because you were different than everyone. Then you get signed to a major label and they try and make you the same as everyone. And then you spend years trying to convince people that that was an aberration or a blip on the screen and that that's not what you wanted to do. So uh, at this point, about 10 years ago, I just started doing shit where I just go into a studio for four months and uh, record a bunch of ideas, whatever's floating around my head at the time. And at the end of the four months, I listen back and I go, okay, that one sounds like it might be good for a Revco album. That one sounds like it might be good for a ministry album. That one sounds like it might be good for a large record or something like that, along those lines. And on this one, it was like, uh, I just went in and recorded ideas, and we were going to do our usual shelf projects where you just like put them on the shelf and see what four months will do. And this time, uh, some people heard it and just went like, man, this shit's dope. And so they convinced us into just releasing it as it was. I mean, basically, it was just a bunch of demos of ideas that me and my engineer um, had at the time, which I would be doing anyways. But it wasn't for a band. It wasn't for any specific project. It wasn't for anything. It was just, uh, it was more it was more of a case of really, and I really liked this because it's very organic in, in the sense that there's no... Uh, external agenda or anything like that. It's just you go in and record ideas, and uh, and at the end of the day, it's like you know, uh, it's songs writing a band as opposed to bands writing a song. You you spend a lot of time not conforming to a lot of that stuff uh, over the years. When it's it, it sounds like this is in a different place for you. Well, I mean, for instance, it's like when you do a, a ministry record in the past. Probably not in the last 10 years I haven't done it like this. Like I said, I just go on and record ideas, and, and they wind up where they wind up. But in the past, uh, you're on a major label, and they you have to do a record, then the obligatory press, and then you have to go tour on the record, and then you do more press during the tour, and then after the record, you go back into the studio, whether you're ready to or not, and record another record to fulfill contractual obligations, and then you do press, and then you go tour, and it's like a fucking hamster wheel. And now, I go in, I just record ideas, and uh, if it comes out, it comes out. Like right now, I've got probably half a ministry album, half a repco album, and about three quarters of a lard album on the shelf that uh, eventually they may or may not come out someday. I mean, I'm sure they'll all eventually come out in one format or another. I mean, last time I checked, that Jimi Hendrix guy's been dead for a long time, and he had a new <laughs> album out a couple of years ago. So, you know, if I die in a plane crash or some shit, I'm sure all the shit will come out. But in the meanwhile, that's not the agenda of why you're doing it. You're not doing it to put out a new ministry record, do press and tour, and make money and get chicks. I mean, it's it's just not not interesting to me so we just try and work on stuff in the studio and do ideas and that's what this was um you know was formatted from uh was uh just organic you know working just like trying to explore the studio and stuff like that and then enough people heard it you know just friends that came by and just said man shit's dope you gotta put this out and so we're like okay yeah sure you know in the meanwhile we're like scrambling, you know, songs that we're writing and uh, putting them in different shelves of what we got up on the shelves. And uh, at the end of the day, we were convinced to just release it as it was, man. I mean, we we actually didn't even do mixes on this album. It's just, that's just what we recorded while we were doing it because we were just trying to foment ideas, you know, as opposed to bands or tours or delusions of grandeur, it was like, uh, I'm still pretty surprised that I'm actually having to do press for this and people like it and they're talking about it because it wasn't, wasn't meant to be released. It was just like just bashing out ideas for a few months. Al, as a, as a 20-something-year-old guy, you were producing like just some of the most like original uh, uh, startling music. I mean, it's difficult now to look back on it because the work that you were doing then has become such a, a huge part of not only 
the rock genre, but music in general. How have you changed from being that guy at 20-some-odd years old, 30 years old, making that kind of music? I don't really think I, I have changed much, much to the chagrin of a lot of people which want constant change. And, and, and when you do change, much to the chagrin of people that don't want change. Um, so you just basically, uh, the only thing you can do is just stay true to like what you want to do. What sounds good to yourself? I go into a studio for four months of the fucking year. The other eight months, um, unless if I have to tour by some contractual obligation or have to do press or something like that, I'll do it, but that's that's the rest of the year is just recharging your batteries, and then you go in for an intensive four months and just whip out ideas. And where those ideas c- come from, uh, I don't know. They're universal transmissions that I happen to intercept. But where they go after you intercept them is entirely up to whatever vehicle is putting out your ideas. I mean, uh, if you want to consider me like a surrogate mother, so I'm impregnated uh, universal ideas floating around i put them down on hard drive and then I, after i deliver that hard drive it's like being a surrogate mother where i spit out the hard drive out my vagina and it's up to the record labels and all these other people to help raise it or not not to help but to raise it because it's not my job you paid me to be a surrogate mother you know what i'm saying <laughs> so, so that's pretty much over the last like decade or so how I've been taking my career and my approach to music. I go in and have fun in the studio and, and put ideas down that I would do whether I was getting paid or not or interest or not. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. just that, uh, that, 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 that just kind of satisfies my aesthetic. And, uh, and that's it. After that, I don't really think about much of the other stuff. Like, uh, apparently this has come out on a label and this label wants me to do press. So I'll do it, which is really strange. I mean, I had to listen to the album last night because I haven't heard it in like damn near a year. So it's, it's kind of weird for me. Like when all these bands get on this hamster wheel that I was talking about of like the press and then the tour and then do another album and then press tour, do another album. Um, that's, that's not my intention at all when I'm doing it, you know? So, um, it's just kind of strange that, uh, this one has particularly piqued interest in a lot of people. And, uh, to me, they were just like demos of bashing out ideas for future projects. And instead it winds up as this entity that's being raised now after I spit it out of my vagina by, um, what is it? Nuclear blast. It's on. Yep. Yeah. Oh, okay, well, so they're raising my child. I'm happy for him. I hope it's, I hope it's not too troubles. <laughs> so the other eight months of the year, when you recharge your batteries, what do you do? Smoke a lot of pot and go to hockey games. All right. That's pretty much about it. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty predictable and boring that way. It's just like those are like my two keen interests. And, and I read a lot, obviously, and, uh, you know, read hockey games and pot. That's about it. That's the life, man. So when are you ever receiving these universal transmissions during that time? And do you ever feel like obligation to do something with them? Or do you have to just wait until those four months come around? Well, no, you make your own four months. I mean, sometimes there's two mm-hmm. four-month periods or so. But after about four months, you start getting really repetitive and uh, starting getting bored with the process. So you, you go off until you get excited again and want to go in and try some shit and then you just bash that out. I mean, there's no, like, time schedule. That's the great thing. I mean, whereas if you're on the hamster wheel, yeah, you're on a time schedule. You're on you're on dealer standard time, as I call it, DST, man. I mean, you know, like, what, I, I learned that when I was a junkie, man. It's like your entire life is based around a dealer standard time. Like, when he gets there is when you're going to feel better. And so... I don't live on dealer standard time anymore, so that's about the main difference in the early part of my career and this part of my career. How much is of the? Uh, do you look back on it and go, "I can have this lifestyle because of the product," rather than how much you enjoy the process? Well, my lifestyle will be no different, as I realized, by playing the game or by not playing the game. It's the same lifestyle. Like I said, I don't need a lot of money to get medical marijuana buy a book, and go see a hockey game. It's not like I'm breaking the bank. I don't have yachts and mansions and shit, nor do I really 
I mean, it'd be nice if I had them, but since I don't, big deal. I live my life the same way as I would whether I was playing the game or not playing the game. So that's not really a factor in my thinking. Now, so the hamster wheel that you're talking about, I'm, I was, I had to go back and kind of think about it a little bit. But most of the records that you've been putting out, though, have been on your own label and stuff. So was that sort of self-induced in some ways, or was that uh, was it something that was outside of that? Yeah, I tried to create a, a better hamster wheel and then realized I just... Maybe it was a better hamster wheel, but it was still a fucking hamster wheel. So. <laughs> it's like so it's still a label. I, so that that one's not in my inbox anymore. I deleted that. <laughs> it's a lot of contradictions on this album. I mean, uh, just being sensitive. I'm sensitive to then later on, uh, uh, unlistenable. You're attacking everybody and sort of like a a, a direct contradiction to it, and uh, just keep going and then just go home. It, are you intolerable to live with? <laughs> it just uh, seems really uh, tough. Well, I, I have taken that poll, and the answer is overwhelming me, yes. Um, <laughs> it's probably, I think, 70% of my co-dwellers uh, have to agree that I'm unlivable with. So, um, yeah, it, good good one. You you nailed it. I don't, I don't even think... I don't even that pulp that poll has come out for public consumption yet you guys just pulled it <laughs> well where where does that come from i mean is that something you develop or yeah well i think i think uh, you know some of it's genetics and some of it is you know world experience of just like you just get tired of being led around by your fucking nose so you just do what you want to do and uh like i said if i had a different lifestyle then maybe I'd be much more concerned about this kind of stuff, you know, that you need to do to uh, get ahead in a society. But to me, I've been ahead for years, you know, and uh, and I don't equate it on a um, either a, a social acceptance by other people or monetary gains or anything like that. That's not my idea of a good life. I just, I lead, uh, it's pretty much, I mean, all you have to do is watch the big Lebowski, and if you just consider me as Jeff Bridges, it's like, uh, you know, he had his white Russians, and, uh, you know, I got uh, my pot and my beer, and and uh, you just go through life, and uh, I just remember the other day, it's like, uh, for whatever reason, I didn't have my license in my wallet, and so um, I actually found myself trying to get into a place that required ID with a Rolf's card. <laughs> which is awesome. I don't know if you know what Rolf's is. It's like a grocery store chain around here that the big Lebowski actually cashed, like, I think it was a 57 check with, you know, 57 cent check. And that's kind of what I felt like as I'm using a Rolf's card without a picture on it as my only ID to get into a place. Um, so, I mean, it, it's just, it, it's just not a concern of mine of like getting into the rat race or the hamster wheel. And, and a couple of those songs like you talk about the paradox and the irony about it. Um, yes. Um, sensitive and unlistenable are coupled together. They're joined at the hip at birth. Those two, uh, even though the entire record was recorded chronologically. So the very first song that was recorded wound up recording for this project. We decided to go back over the shelf of what we'd done in four months and, decided if we're going to put this out and somebody likes this, then we're going to do it chronologically. So that's how the record started out. And then how the record ended up is an entirely different thing. Al, there was an interview that I saw with Gigi Allen a number of years ago that was really profound for me because he had said basically that just anything he wants to do, he does it and he's not thinking about the consequences. And my reaction to it was just, just that that was unhealthy, but I felt like I was the complete opposite because I don't do anything without considering the consequences first. Are you? Where are you on that spectrum? Well, I mean, what consequences am I going to have by either doing or not doing a record? So that takes the consequence part out of the equation. I'm just myself. And uh, if that's not good enough, well, then whatever. I mean, what am I supposed to do about that? What exactly am I supposed to do? But you're a legendary personality for a lot of stuff that you've done, like, away from the microphone as much as you have done with the microphone. So I guess th as far as the lifestyle and, and, and uh, you know, the drug use and, and the other stuff, is that ever factored in? Well, not consciously, no. I mean, uh, you know, uh, I assume you're talking about, like, my political stances on certain things and my commentary on on society as we know it and this and that. And, uh, 
Yeah, I mean, I guess there's been consequences, but you don't think about it when you do it. I mean, that's not a motivating factor one way or the other. Uh, you just say what you say, do what you do, and uh, if it fits, great. Like, you know, I find it funny that like it, it's all cyclical anyways in society. So, you know, 20 years later, uh, what I used to be reviled at for like doing that first pop record now that comes back in and everyone wants me to do another pop record or whatever i'm like whatever <laughs> so that that's what a song like invisible is like it's just like me doing like okay you want this shit here you go this is funny this will be fun only this time i'm doing it on my terms instead of being told how to do it and being appointed musicians and given lyrics and 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 given fashion tips and told how to like dress and cut my hair and shit like that i mean i was like i, I started out my career as millie vanilli before millie vanilli was millie vanilli <laughs> i mean it was like fucking ridiculous you know so uh obviously that affects the way that you think after that because you do that and you feel unfulfilled, you feel completely unhappy with it, yet it should be, for most bands or musicians, to be the happiest time of your life. You're on a major label, you got, like, all this interest and press and all that shit, and to me, that's the most boring part of the whole fucking thing. The only thing that, that gets my dick hard at all is going in the studio and getting these ideas out of your head so you can go watch hockey and smoke pot for the next eight months before the ideas start building up, and you got to take another creative shit which is basically <laughs> what all my albums are. It's like a four-month-long shit of just backup and blockage, man. So <laughs> i got to get rid of it. Uh, so, so far, let's see, I've given you, to sum it up, I'm a surrogate mom, and I'm really constipated. <laughs> well, was, was there a moment for you when you just finally said, fuck you and be done with all that all that major label stuff that you had talked about before i mean is is was there a, a precise moment or was that a gradual thing where well, you finally yeah, just I mean, said done when I, when I started 13th planet i thought that was going to be it but then i realized like i'm just doing the same fucking treadmill as everyone else again only this time i'm in charge well that's all well and good but i'm still doing the same treadmill so nowadays it's just like really just do what the fuck you want, man. And and uh, it's like the old Marine credo, man. Kill them all and let God sort it out. You know, <laughs> it's, like, it's just that simple. Is there anything that you've learned from taking uh, time with uh, your biography or your your sort of it was a sort of autobiography because you had basically worked with the writer to do it? Uh, anything from that process or or from the rehab process that when looking into yourself, you you perhaps were surprised to find out. Uh, no, I wasn't surprised at any of that shit. I mean, I lived it. And, and the, the whole process of doing that book was that my ex-wife thought it'd be a good idea to chronicle some of the stories she was tired of hearing me tell at parties and shit and just said, you just repeat <laughs> yourself. Why don't you just put it down in a book? So she flew this guy in that had done an interview with me a few years previous. And uh, he sat down with me for four days and I made him keep up drink for drink and joint for joint with me. And uh, just spilled the beans and got all my party stories out in one fucking place. And then about six months later, I'm told that there's a book coming out about this. I didn't. I didn't even know why that guy was there. To be honest, it was just like <laughs> it was just it's just nice to be able to repeat myself on some senile old man stories. You know. It's like, <laughs> well, now that it's out, do you have any like like regrets about doing it, or are you glad you did it? Uh, neither. I'm just kind of numb to it. It just, it is what it is. Um, um, I, I haven't actually like read or reread the book. I mean, I, I've heard some tales about stuff and people like want me to confirm shit. And so far they've all been a thumbs up. Yeah, that shit happened. And yeah, that sounds about right or something like that. But, um, I generally don't think about it or talk about it. It's just every so often it comes up in conversations with somebody asking me, like, there's no fucking way you blew up a bus or something like that, you know? <laughs> Would you do anything like that again, but in a sort of more organized manner and, and consider sharing more than just anecdotes and more of the... Trying to tell know, more of the story, real, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, if somebody duped me and didn't tell me it was an organized thing for a book or something, and <laughs> I just like they they just like brought in some like guy to hang out with me for four days and get wasted with me then uh 
if that comes out as a book, that's great. But that's about the only pretense that I do it under. Wow, we got, we got to talk to the new girlfriend, I guess. <laughs> 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 yeah, either that or just move in. I got a little guest house in back, man. You guys could move in, and I could just tell these same old stupid <laughs> stories all the fucking time. <laughs> What's up, everybody? I'm Toby Morrell from the Bad Christian Podcast, and I wanted to let you all know about the brand new Jabberjaw Media Block on Adobe Radio. Tune in every Thursday night from 5 to 8 p.m. to hear brand new episodes from the Modern Vinyl Podcast, as well as new episodes from one of my very favorite shows, Break It Down with Matt Carter. All you have to do is head to adobe.com, that's I-D-O-B-I.com, and tune in every Thursday night from 5 to 8 p.m to hear some of your favorite Jabberjaw media podcasts on Adobe Radio. The loneliness of loving someone can steal your eyes and spill the hope you hide.
brand new music from Death Angel right there. Cause for Alarm is the name of the song from the Evil Divide, the record uh, from what I'm gathering from the few songs that I've heard from this record is going to be awesome. So it's Death Angel. How can it not be? They were the ones that got me into metal. It was that band. You know what I mean? Oh, I know. I I, I watched Come how you creamed your jeans, you know, with Mark Mark I know. I know. Yeah, he's- He's a good-looking man, and he is a nice guy, like a really nice dude. That yeah. was the other, like everybody has said so too. Like, like yeah. he's one of those. He's one of those. Everybody loves him, guys. He really is, he's man. Got, he's got that rock star charisma. You know, he walks in the room and just right. everybody like lights up. If the dude were singing like Justin Bieber, he'd be bigger than Justin Bieber. But he's not. He's a metal guy. He's our guy. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely for sure, man. Now, uh, we promised you that we would talk about something that really doesn't have much to do with metal, but we're going to tie it we'll tie it in here in a way, right? Because the story so far, which apparently is a band, I had no idea that this was that was a band name, honestly, uh, has a lead singer that somebody said was misogynistic and, and a terrible person for so many different reasons. But for one, uh, kicked a young lady in the back as she was standing on stage unaware and uh, the video is hilarious. I laughed my ass off when I watched them and saw the video. Um, You're so mean, dude. Uh, but I also I laugh my ass off at like at at skateboarding fails and surfing fails and uh, all that shit. And this was one. This was a major fail on a different level and kind of was in a weird way awesome. All right. So just to back up, so she's shooting, uh, uh, making a selfie. Right before the band starts the song, mm-hmm. it, during an encore, it seems, and and yeah, while she's not looking, or maybe she sees him coming in the background, but I mean, he came so fast that he drop kicks her like WWE or something, and yeah, she, she you know, uh, apparently uninjured, but obviously embarrassed in the whole thing. But why, you know, why is everybody upset about her taking a selfie on stage? Is because she's a distraction, because she is interrupting the performance, because you know she's not sticking to the sort of unspoken etiquette of what you do at a rock metal punk show just like the woman that david draymond had to yell at oh just a few days ago who was also being a distraction who was also not sticking to the unspoken etiquette that happens at a rock metal punk show two very guilty parties what i think is amazing is that you know well well most people are kind of like look you know maybe drop kicking her was a little bit beyond the pale but you know okay she kind of deserved it but then when david draymond yells at somebody just yells doesn't physically assault just yells and complains at somebody else for doing something quite similar in that it's distracting etc and rude well, that was awful. And that just, to me, comes across no. as just this humongous double standard. Apples and oranges, man. Two completely different things. I mean, if that woman that was at the David Draymond show was on stage doing what she was doing and standing in front of the crowd, then I would uh, I would totally agree with you. This girl stands up on the stage, and that's different. You, you have just put yourself into their part of that venue, into their world. So now... Why is the stage the demarcation? Because Isn't the that's venue how it the demarcation. Works. When you show up the venue, it's the band's name that's in lights in front of that venue. In that venue, that is their place to perform, and the audience is there to enjoy that performance. And that's why you're in the venue. It doesn't stop at the stage; it keeps going. The barricade, the barricade is not the, the barricade is not on the balcony. The barricade is down front. It's and the, the barricade is down front for a reason because that's the demarcation between talent and audience talent and audience talent and audience and even when you get performers who like to come out in the audience and things like that you know that's that's them coming into the audience as part of that and part of that venue and part of their you know that's different you know because you'll get ben wyman stepping on my face in in the in the dillinger escape plan show you know and i i don't get pissed off at ben wyman because you know it's a it's one of those things i think that the problem is that you know they, they allow the stage diving because if you watch the video of her getting kicked you know stage divers kept doing it over and over and over again her problem was that she was up there for 10 i think it was i counted like 10 seconds or something like that and a little bit too long she just lingered a little bit too long and she was but in the their only space reason the only reason no, but she's not and they haven't even started the song yet right I, i'm not saying that she didn't deserve to be 
taken off that stage. She didn't deserve to be, you know, perhaps rudely taken off that stage. But what I'm saying is that she was no less deserving than the woman in the balcony just a few days ago. No, I, 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 she is more deserving than that woman in the balcony for sure, because the woman in the balcony is not in front of the stage. I mean, she's not. She is. No, she's not. She's uh, she's uh, she's not on the stage. Not yeah. on the stage. She's but not she's on the stage. In the band space. She's still in she's the space where she can stage. be annoying to people around her. No, uh, no, 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 no. That's that's fucking total bullshit. And I I, I call you on your bullshit from before with, no, with, with that is, as well. Th- no, I'm I'm allowed to choose when and when and where I uh, do my bullshit. No bullshit. <laughs> well, I'm saying it's bullshit because honestly, the the you know, what she what the woman at the 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 disturb show nothing. Now I see no problem with what she was doing. You know, she could text all she wants and, and be done uh, with it because she is not invaded in that space. She she's I, doing her thing with her phone. You don't have to pay attention to it. You don't have to look at it. You don't have to do whatever. You know, she's being rude. No, and, and, ju- and she's the people, being rude, and the pe- just like the woman on stage. No, and the rude, people behind. Rude. No, the people behind her. They're sitting in a balcony. They're not even standing like in a crowd of people where they're on the same level. So she's not holding it above her head and taking pictures of shit. She's holding it in front of her. In front of her. So, and you're if you're in a balcony seat, somebody's above you from behind. So it's not like you're sticking it in somebody's face and interrupting their part of the show. And that's what I'm saying. Like this is on the stage. This woman like you, you did must something. Be so wrong. much fun at the movies. You must be so much fun just sitting there in the dark with your little phone, watching your movie on the phone while you should be watching the movie, annoying everybody around you. Oh, it's okay, man. You're not holding it in their face or anything. I don't know what the problem is. Hey, dude, the guy from the AMC theater said that he's gonna. They they should have theaters where you can do that you know that's the thing is that that, but the but the difference there is is that the rule at the beginning of the movie is is put your fucking phone away if the rule at the beginning of the disturbed show is put your fucking phone away then that would be different it's not that i don't see a i don't see a rule saying you can't stand up on stage and take a selfie uh, that's what the barricade actually is. Now it no, doesn't. It's not. You said that the, you had just said that it seems to be celebrating that people were still jumping on stage and there was nobody stopping it from happening. Well, but at the same time, there's no rule to say that he can't kick her in the ass. So I mean, the consequences are what they are. Yeah, the consequences are. I'm, I'm saying that I, it was definitely wrong to drop kicker. Uh, you know, I think that's right, but I think that that's a minor issue. In my mind, the minor issue because it, you know it rarely, rarely happens. What does happen too much are people pulling out the freaking cell phones to do rude, awful things. And both of these people have been doing rude, awful things. And I'm glad at least. People are talking about these rude things that they're doing and 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 discouraging others from from doing the same. I mean, I think, you know, you should, should have knocked the phone out of her hand and thrown it across the room, and that would have taken care of a lot of it. But, you know, instead of kicking her in the start ass. Start the song, you know. I, I actually thought it was. He's not thinking. He's just being <laughs> impulsive. Well, and he's also, you know, uh, about 100 pounds worth of dude. So I, I don't know if that kick really hurt much. I mean, like, if if I came at you with a drop kick, now that 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 would I would hurt something. But, I mean, I, I thought I thought her response was actually priceless. Uh, because she pretty much apologized to the band and the audience, and you know that's good. That's uh, what the woman in the balcony for Disturbed should have done. No, not at all, <laughs> not at all. No, I, I just I totally disagree with that. Like I said, a, apples and oranges, two different things. It's, it's not. It's two completely different things. I see how you're trying to tie it together because there's a, a cell phone in common, but it's not the same thing. Uh, no, not, not it's, even it's a double standard. You, you know, you're you're like, I don't like Disturbed, so therefore that's bad. But the unknown punk band, ah, whatever. You know, so uh, that to me, it's just unfly. Yeah. I think it's unfortunate too that this is two male singers who are. Uh, uh, abusing in one way or another female fans. <laughs> it's a, perhaps an unfortunate coincidence. Perhaps oh not. But, you know, I, I, don't I, even I, I think it's there. unfortunate. Because now, now the bullshit that you're spewing is even worse because that's, that's total bullshit. But the, the yeah no 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 I'm I'm sorry the double standard thing that's a you're you're, you're full of shit because I thought the, it's uh, not the, it's the, not the same thing not even close what what the disturbed chicken this and what no not even close and I don't I'm not holding one to another double standard because I like a band or not like a band that's that's bullshit because I think it's double standard no not at all. 
because I don't I don't even know who the fuck the story so far is. It doesn't really make a difference. It doesn't. Yeah, so make you a give difference them the benefit of the doubt. Oh, I kick some chicks' ass. It's all good. No, I did not for kicking some chicks' ass. <laughs> I thought it was hilarious, but you know, if we're kicking somebody off the stage, I, honestly, like for me, the what I saw. The worst part of that was, was I'm thinking to myself, like, this is, you know, this guy's an idiot because I'm thinking uh, Randy Blythe. You know, yeah. I, I'm thinking I'm thinking what happens if he actually injures this person at his show and, and causes some injury. There's going to be some recourse as far as that's concerned. Like, that would be more concerning to me. Uh, yeah, but uh, Czech Republic, you'd already be in jail. <laughs> right. So, I mean, the thing is, is like that. That's what actually popped in my head was had nothing to do with. Like total right or wrong, it's like, dude, you better like, bro, <laughs> like that. You hurt somebody, man. It's like, yeah, that's that's like jailable. You, that's that'd be a bad thing. But so you you, you read know. the article on noisy, and that didn't 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 do anything for you at all. So noisy no. uh, writer Emma Garland, uh, Garland, I think her name is, uh, wrote this article basically calling out the story so far singer for being a misogynistic asshole for <laughs> but for then, assaulting this woman. But then if you read the article that she wrote, she defeated her own argument within the argument that she was trying to make. So it really didn't make any sense whatsoever. Yeah, that was the I probably hate your band site that that, you know, then sort of deconstructed the argument and and found it wanting. But unfortunately, he did it in this very misogynistic way. So it was sort of like, oh, man, I can't just, you know, I don't agree with either of them. But now they there's this false dichotomy that gets set up where everybody's got to choose sides between, you know, her stance on that. This is uh, an example of sexism and in, in, in music and then. And his stance, it's basically, yes, there is. It's just that my response to you is the example of it, not the action itself, you know? <laughs> right, and I was right. like, oh, God damn it. You know, why well, do I got to yeah, I know, but 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 at the same time, when when you read the headline that she had put together for that, like straight out, was just like, come on, man, you know, just uh, the, the, yeah, the story so far, guy had kicked somebody else off stage who happened to be of the uh, a male gender, and you know, and I'm not, you know, I'm just saying, like, if it were a metal show. I mean, it looked like he just looked up for a second, saw somebody taking a selfie, and then drop kicked. If it's a metal show, that might be a long haired dude. You know, you're not, they're, you're not thinking, you know, too much as to, yeah. uh, you know, who it is that you're kicking. So, yeah, I agree. Like, probably not sexist, but. I, it is a terrible coincidence that these women are being abused at the shows, and it's going to discourage more women from showing up when they hear stories like these two so closely together. I just wish that, uh, it, you know, if the news is going to come out, I'd rather wait, it wait, be, wait, 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 you know. So which two? What are you talking about? The Draymond oh, uh, really? uh, chewing out the woman in the balcony, and then this guy drop kicking the woman on the uh, at his story so far show. Oh, jeez, really? I don't. That's uh, here comes the bullshit. You don't again. think that 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 news goes out? I mean, both those stories go viral. Well, I'm, I don't think that uh, I'm, I don't know that either one. Are goes you going to have viral, your, but. your? Yeah, I mean, I'm not. I don't have a daughter, but I'd be like, eh, no, nah, she's not going to see those bands. You know, not 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 good. If I'm a woman, she's these don't seem like particularly uh, uh, you know safe environments here. You know, and that's just not good. It's yeah, but it's good. also I don't know, dude. It's also one of those things. Like I like I posted that shit on my Facebook page about. Uh, what was it? I can't remember which story it was about something. Oh, the woman who was sexually assaulted in the audience. That's right. And uh, and I had every all the women, all the women metal fans that are friends of mine were like, that's all? That, that's all anything that happened? That, that's, that's another. I was like, this girl, I was like, that's, you know, showing respect, kicking her in the back, you know, off the stage. That's treating her like a dude. You know, uh, I mean, hey, that's yeah. a, that's that's a level of respect because it's like, why? Because she can fucking handle it. You know, so if well, she so proved she did, so that was good. And I you mean, know, yeah, the way that she handled the way that she handled herself afterwards was kind of awesome. So I think it. I, I don't agree with the douchebag singer misogyny argument that they have with the the story so far. And I honestly don't think that D- David Draymond was was picking on that woman because she was a woman. I, I no, don't I think, don't it, think had, so either. it had anything to do with that. I think it was who was in his fucking sights right there just because she was right there. Yeah, it had and nothing what, to do with... She'd been texting all night long, yeah. Had nothing to, <laughs> and 
and tweeting his show and promoting his band. So the thing is, is that I don't think it had anything to do with her being a woman. Now, if they want to try to make it that way, which is what everybody's trying to do, that's that's a problem or that that's what this this writer is trying to do you know that's you know that's their thing that's their beef there and i I just don't see it that way as as being part of the problem now if it's perception can be reality and that's that's what has me concerned well perception becomes reality when you believe bullshit so you know and and that's the thing is that it's we talked about that in our first fucking segment so the thing the thing is is that if you start bullshitting like this crap it starts to become reality because you fucking see it that way and when it's not actually that way you know is this so much it's so much like the abortion argument it's like it's like how the hell am i supposed to like you know have an opinion on this subject i will never have never you know, uh, be in, in that kind of position. So it's sort of a similar thing. It's like when, when women are being abused at these shows, whether, you know, someone would consider justified or not, it's difficult for me to go, oh, come on, relax, you know, because I don't know what it's like, nor yeah. will I ever, you know? And so, uh, you know, I, I try to give someone like the writer at Noisy a bit of the benefit of the doubt because there's an experience there that I just, can't relate to and and i think deserves at least an opportunity to be voiced without being attacked in a sexist manner yeah no i agree with that i i mean i i agree with not being attacked in a sexist manner but at the same time if you attack in a sexist manner you that the getting back what you throw out is kind of par for the course is it not i mean that's kind of how the system works. I mean, th- this is pretty much a sexist. Uh, if there was, if there were proof or something that that this guy was actually uh, this, the, who she kind of paints him to be, then I mean, I guess that's different. But I, I using this I as know. the proof, I mean, she's, I don't know. She's got some examples of pretty misogynistic lyrics. I don't know. And you know, I've read other bands that have mis- misogynistic lyrics, and then I kind of go, mm, and then I see an interview with the singer who basically goes, "Oh no, I was writing in a character at that point, and I, you know, perhaps I didn't do it well enough." You know, it's it's like a tweet. You know, you yeah. only get like three verses in a chorus to tell your story. It's difficult to kind of give it the context it might need. So again given it the benefit of the doubt so who knows what the story so far singer is and maybe it's one of those cases where like he's venting you know sometimes when you know a, a, a young dude says i hate women you're not really hating all women it's just at that moment you're angry yeah and you're just you know you're blaming everybody that has a similar you know similarities to the person that you're actually angry with i get it you know it, yeah. it happens and it happens both ways but <sighs> it's just ugly. I know, I know, and that's and then that's that's the hard part. It's like, okay, treat women better. All right, cool. All right, that's yeah. uh, that seems like legit, right? How like hard total argument. Yeah, it's not like a tough argument, right? You know, treat better women better than you do now, uh, or treat everybody like you want to be treated yourself. The golden fucking rule. All right, mm. you know. Uh, it, but at the same time, you got to be careful saying that because a lot of dudes wouldn't mind having their crotch grabbed from time to time. So um, it's yeah. you know, you know what I mean. So it's like oh, okay, <laughs> yeah. Until until it happens a couple times, and then you're kind of like, yeah, this is not that much fun anymore. <laughs> Especially when it's it's like you know, ugly ass people grabbing your crotch. Well, you know? see, and that's like, that's oh. yeah, that's my problem is that I've. Uh, yeah. Hey, if somebody grab my crotch, it's never who you expect, who you want it's it to be. It's never who you yeah, want. No, yeah. not not really. Yeah, no, wasn't there a bad. Saturday Night Live sketch where, like, uh, some, you know, the, the dude of the office is like, uh, uh, hey, how's it going? And she's like, oh, my God, that's sexual assault. You know, they weren't talking to me, you sexist pig. And then, like, you know, some sexy football player comes up with, like, his shirt off and everything. He's like, hey, so what are you doing Friday? And she's like, nothing. You know, it's, oh, you know, it's yeah, a yeah, double yeah, standard yeah, yeah. thing, you know, and uh, – it happens, it, you know, but it, you know, who are you going to get angry about? Everybody chill out, you know, no more drop kicking people, no more texting during shows, you know, just everybody chill. And uh, and maybe maybe on the other hand is also stop judging other people for the shit that they do. 
would kind of be my other thing. It's like, okay, this this girl answered for what, what happened on, on stage on Facebook. She's like, okay, yeah, I fucked up. I was stupid, <clears throat> blah, 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 you know, and, and took it in stride. Life is good. It is what it is, you know, and I get it. So same thing with the woman at the Dreaming Show. You know, she talked about it and put it out there and, and did what it is. You know, I think we just need to stop being like jerks to people overall. <laughs> and, I think everybody who agrees with you should give two dollars a month to our patreon campaign and everybody who agrees with me gives three bucks a month to our <laughs> patreon campaign and that way we get a sense as to like you know like how how how, how you know how much people like and you know agreed with me yeah no i i doubt i doubt that uh well okay so do you want do you want to make less money because i'm right okay well all right that's fine if, if that's how if that's how it's gonna work out you know i guess so but, uh, yeah, speaking of which, let's wrap this thing up, dude. Uh, ChuckandGodless.com. Exactly. ChuckandGodless.com is where you can find that Patreon page if you want to support us. Uh, we've got a lot of cool things there. You can also get the podcast early, uh, even when even when we're having technical issues during the week, because, you know, we try to post it every Monday at MetalSucks.net. Sometimes my email screws up and things happen, you know, extenuating Did you put up the... Uh did you put up the old episode this week like you said you would? Uh, oh, fuck. God damn it. <laughs> Son of a bitch. All right. I'll do that, too. It's been one of my, my daughter had the flu this week. It's been a lot of extenuating circumstances this week, damn it. So, yeah, it's been a, little, it's been a rough week all the way around. Uh, but don't worry. We'll get some more stuff up there for you, some cool exclusive things for you to check out at patreon.com slash chuckingoutless. Also, subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you get your podcasts. We would love to have you in there. That way it downloads to your device. You don't have to worry about going to find it. It'll come right to you, damn it. So that'd be a good thing. You can find us on social media. I'm at Bearded Ape. I am at Godless Speaks and Godless Speaks on Facebook. I was going to say, follow me on Facebook. I was thinking about doing this Spotify thing, uh, Godless Speaks on Spotify. I I don't know what topic yet, but like a a Spotify listening party one night this Mm. week. So if you're interested, uh, follow on uh, Facebook. I'll have more info there and and we'll we'll make it happen. So people were interested in doing it. So I I think it'd be kind of fun. Why don't you do it on the Facebook Live, bro? That That way you can broadcast it live. Oh, yeah. It's like your meerkat. It's like your periscope. It's but it's on Facebook Live. Just something to think about. I don't know. If, uh, find him on Facebook. You'd be able to dig that stuff up. Also, you can find us on Instagram. I'm or we are at Chuck and Godless on the old Instagram too. So you can find us there taking pictures of uh, our food and our lovely adventures and other fun things like that. I I, I got a picture of of myself from high school oh. that I think I'm going to put on Instagram. So oh my god, yeah. All right. many, do you know how many followers we have on Instagram? Uh, a couple hundred. We're getting, we're getting uh, we're almost at two hundred now. So we're well, all right. So if we hit two hundred, as soon as we hit two hundred, then I'll, I'll put up my picture from high school to oh. see my my hair that's uh, like straight out of uh, uh, like a like a the bassist of Journey. Or something like <laughs> oh no! I got to see this. I haven't <laughs> even seen this. Oh my god! All right, I'm excited about this. I'm gonna get to be able to follow us, man. <laughs> well, I'll post, uh, and I, I, I'll have to one up you because I've got mine in my uh, in my ROTC uniform. So I'm in, I'm in dress blues, dress marine blues, and in, in some of my high school photos. That's a lot of fun. All right, let's wrap this thing up. Uh, I gotta get the hell out of here. Until next week, I'm Chuck. I'm Godless. And this is another episode of the Metal Sucks Podcast. <laughs> You've been listening to the Jabberjaw Podcast Network, jabberjawmedia.com.